Like if you said, you know, you lived in Tallahassee and you then as a kid knew it as, you know, Tallahassee, you know, whatever, something. So that's, that was my best That would way. definitely throw me for a loop. Yeah. Tallahassee? Uh, yeah. I wonder if he means Tallahassee. <laughs> I said Tallahassee oh. like the dog. I thought it was Tallahassee like the dog. <laughs> I, like, I like the southern accent you threw on that. It's a new week, a new month, week of June 1st, 2017, so... I, I thought we were always supposed to not give them a date. Does that officially mean summer is here? Is that June? Uh, no, or is there like a date? First, That's what it is? The, the equinoxes. I, I never know those things. I just assume... I just go like three months at a time. Like June, August is summer and... Three months, yeah. Quarters, yeah, that's, that's quarters, me. Quarterly. Um, so because it's a new week, we have a new movie for you to schedule your movie night around, which is Lion, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Well, one thing I wanted to hit on before we move anywhere in this podcast is to uh, bring attention to the fact that we are we, we are super appreciative to a lot of these people that we've literally never met. Like before doing yeah. this podcast, I'd never interacted with people that have come around the show and supported us. And I thought it might be fun to read some of the reviews we've gotten on iTunes here and there. So I'm just going to read one tonight. Yeah. And it's a shout out to, to, I mean, a lot of the people who've just gone out of their way to, uh, to show us the support. And yeah, it's awesome. Love it. So this one comes from movie lovers. One zero two four says, I started listening to down the hall for movie recommendations, but I continued listening for the pure fun and entertainment of the show. Definitely informative and helpful while providing lighthearted comedy and insight into movies of all genres. I started one today and ended up listening to three in a row back to back. Very well done. Really, and so you don't know who that is. I always, I don't. I'm always suspicious of these because we don't know who this I don't. is. I don't know who it is. No idea. That's amazing, though. It yeah. is amazing to think about. Like, oh wow. Yeah, it's fun. It's definitely fun. Yeah. Yeah. So we aim to help take back movie night for people because Rodney, people will waste 115 hours every single year just looking for a movie to watch. So we figured, why not have a fun, hopefully fast-paced show every monday to help people take back uh, take back movie night yeah and i feel like we're we're working at it right we're getting we're there trying hard we're getting there so rodney trying if to be you had an extra 115 hours this year that somebody had saved you what would you do with it i think i would spend more time uh on our twitter feed and on our blog posts because i think we get we get a lot of really good recommendations so we do. uh i finally watched movie rob's recommendation for dear zachary yep and the movie was phenomenal. Yeah, we definitely have to do an episode on it now. I feel like it was like, to me, it was like a precursor, I feel like, to like Making a Murderer on Netflix. Like mm-hmm. that's that series that like exploded in popularity. So what you're saying is you'd, you'd spend more time interacting with, with the people I just talked about. I would spend more time interacting with them and also just like, yeah, just contributing. You know, I feel like a lot of the time life gets going quick and then you turn around and realize like, holy crap, it's been a lot of months. But um, I mean, speaking of that, we had uh, our friend Joe. Uh, he commented on two of our recent blog posts from two of our recent episodes. So we always appreciate that. Yeah. I uh, love that. Keep the conversation going each week when we do a different topic. That's what makes it fun. We have a topic tonight, which is what, Rodney? Uh, the topic tonight is movies that portray a dis- like a big enough gap in time that they require different actors p- to portray this, the main act, like the main characters. So yes. whether it's sets of actors and actresses, or if it's just one distinct example, um, obviously we were inspired by, our movie here today. 
Um, but we thought it'd be an interesting thing to talk through. Right. Because in Lion, you have two different actors playing an older and younger version of the same character. Right. Basically, like a five-year-old version and like a 20, late, late 20 to 30-year-old year old version. Yeah. And the movie we're avoiding is Baywatch. <laughs> Which is, again, the one that you saw, not me. Uh, yeah. I was kind of dragged into it. Um, kind of like, you know, almost like a riptide pulled me in. See, see what I did? I get, I get that. That's a beach there, reference. Right? I can think you, of a couple of reasons why... If I were to go to see it, I would be like, oh, well, I think this is why everyone's here. I'm, I'm waiting. Oh, do you want me to say that? <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to list the names of the actors and actresses? Because I feel like those are the, really the only reasons that people were going to see it. All right. So you ready to get into Lion? Uh, yeah. I don't know why you just made me explain it and then gave me attitude. That's not fair. <laughs> I give you attitude. You did. All right. I'm just saying. Are we- you, yeah, I'm ready to get into it. I was ready to get it. I thought Look, I left if you want to carry on and talk about Baywatch. As I said in our last one, <laughs> get going on the episode, clown. <laughs> well, I don't know how you get on a podcast, but you should look into it. Yes, of course, it's down the hall. It's on site. And where are we going? Okay, so the movie Lion is one that we've actually talked about on this podcast before during our oscar crash course episode because it's one of them that was up for best picture um in this most recent oscar ceremony so it's only it's about two hours long uh biography drama which is i think a new category for us um i think it is right yeah biography i mean fruitvale station of true oh yeah i guess you're right no i guess it's the second one because fruitvale station could be in the same category and this is uh rated pg-13 um i would call it definitely like a family movie although there it is it's yeah, definitely it's heavier at, at, at times, but I think it's one that the whole family could definitely get around. Oh, 100%. Um, we found it on Redbox, and it stars Dev Patel, who plays the adult version of the main character, uh, Nicole Kidman, Rooney Mara, and introducing Sonny Pawar, who is the kid version yeah, of right. the main character. Yeah, uh, It's directed by Garth Davis. And it's the true story, based on the true story, um, of Saru, who's the main character, who uh, as growing up in India, he was separated from his family. So the first half of the movie is him as a little kid as he's dealing with having been separated from his family and trying to get to like a safe place. And I really love this part of the movie because that's where they show sort of the dangers of what it means to be lost in India or in yeah. different parts of the world right. where, you know, sex slavery is a thing and, you know, even nefarious yeah, yeah. adoption agencies, yeah, right, are, you know, right, right, it's, right. A, it's a business. So, you know, people yeah. are picking up kids and, and, you know, I mean, products, making money right? off of it, right? Yeah, to some degree, they're products, you know? And, and so there's like that. Yeah. certainly an element of danger out there for him. And then the second half of the movie, it really feels like two different movies split, um, where the second half of the movie is Dev Patel as the adult version of, of Saru, yeah. who's been adopted. He's living in Australia and uh, he's determined to figure out really where he's from and potentially try to reconnect with his original family. Yeah. But Rodney, you, you just saw this now for the first time. Right. What were your thoughts? Why is it the movie pick of the week? The part that I find most interesting uh, and probably the part where I just immediately was hooked is like you said, there's kind of this like our, you know, the first half of the movie is set up of, you know, who the kid was and him getting lost and going through kind of this traumatic experience where he's separated from his family uh, and they spend, I think, the right amount of time so that you appreciate who, you know, who that kid was. And then he gets adopted. It kind of there's this like hard cut where he's now, you know, late twenties. Um, and I think what I found most interesting is so there's kind of this setup. But what I really loved about this movie is it becomes almost like a mystery 
uh, like murder mystery solving a like puzzle type of a movie where it's almost like he has forgotten how unique that story is the way that the movie kind of sets it up. And then he's told kind of his, like as he's meeting some newer people in his late twenties, uh, they're kind of talking about their backgrounds and it's almost like he almost like slips into telling the story about, you know, what resulted in him. Yeah. That he was lost as a kid. And yeah. like, it's almost like he hadn't thought about it for years. Yeah. Right. And, and then now that he's talking about it again, it yeah, kind of comes back to yeah. him in a way where he's like, well, maybe I should, yeah, and I address guess, this, yeah, you know, and I think about it more. From that standpoint, like the second that that happens, it's like, like for me, like just hooked. You know, you're just immediately hooked because he then tells a story, and all of his friends are like, especially because it's based in today. You yeah, know? so it's like, like you got to figure they, out where you're from, man. Yeah, and yeah. they use the tools that we all have access to, so it's almost like because he didn't, you know, he kind of knew the name of the town, but he had said like he couldn't really find it because he must have had it wrong because everything was like the memory of a kid, you know, a kid that was five years old or whatever. And so I think just the journey of him like searching Google Earth and like, you know, creating a search radius and all that kind of stuff and him just ad hoc trying to detective his way back to his family to me is fascinating and it's done so well. Yeah. Um, Why do you think it's a good movie night? pick i think it's a good movie night pick because i think like you said it's it's a family it's definitely a family friendly movie anybody can watch it but i also think regardless of your age you're gonna find some character that you can probably relate to i think if you're you know older a parent with kids you probably could pro- relate to the idea of like wow imagine if you're separated from your kid how that would feel or being the feel. adopted parents yeah having to wrestle with the idea that he wants to find his his birth right birth yeah. parents right or being in your late 20s and thinking like wow what if that was somebody that you knew or whatever you know i feel like there is there is a component to the story no matter where you'd fall in the whole spectrum that you could probably relate to and identify with um yeah despite it being about one character i think it's a well-rounded story where they bring yeah. in different perspectives yeah. around him as he's going through this i know this is a dumb thing to say i feel like can't wait even when you when you started describing it to me like i don't know there's something about it that until I actually watched it, I think because there's some mundanity too to just like the circumstances under which a little kid gets missing. And then the second that it happens, you realize like, imagine your younger brother or your son, or if it were you at five, got stuck on a train that wasn't going to stop for two days. Yeah. And takes yeah. you to an entirely different part of India. Yeah. Which is a huge country. And you yeah. get there. And or in my case, they, any part of yeah. India. Would be <laughs> scary. And they don't speak the same language that you do as a five-year-old. And so it's like, at that point, he's five and he's surviving, you know? And it's like, you go, oh, wow, like that's real, you know? And uh, I mean, it's something that I could relate to having grown up in like areas of the world where poverty is a much bigger thing. But anyway, that's why I think it's totally worth your movie night. Don't let things like even what I had, don't let biases get into your head right now and make you go like, eh, it doesn't sound like it's for me because I guarantee you that you're going to watch. There's a reason that it was an Oscar contender. This is not like, you know, an overly artistic movie that became an artist uh, that became an Oscar contender. This was a really, really enjoyable movie. It's almost like you could have seen it and be like, whoa, that was such a great movie. And then became an Oscar contender, and you're really excited to see that someone appreciated a really good movie. So, what about the fact that Dev Patel and Sunny Pawar each played the same character? Right? They were both yeah. they were both great. Yeah. If you had to pick Rodney right now on the spot, who was better? Like, who was like the king of this movie, Rodney? Who was the Lion King? I don't like that. I hate <laughs> it so much. Everything about what you just did, Chet. 
I feel like you're trying to jump into the topic too soon. So I'm going to, I'm going to first ignore what you just said. There's probably wisdom in that. And I'm going to let you have your joke. It's been had. Um, I hope you feel good about yourself. I don't feel good about it or you or it on behalf of this episode, but in any case, <laughs> let's move on to what you, so IMDB, the, I, the, the current IMDB score right now is 8.1, which is so high, which is very, very high. I mean, it's gotta be in the top 250, right? For so, sure. Yeah. So yeah. I haven't looked at what its rank is, but you know, movies don't stay in the eights, you know, that's a really, really high fan rating. I think, you know, movies from seven to 7.5 would be considered really good. So an 8.1 is ridiculously high and the greatest movies of all time have like a 9.1. So it's, you know, an incredibly high score. Chet, what did you give it? I gave it a nine and you know, it's, it's short of a 10 for me because when you look at, or when I look at the tens I've, I've given, they mean something to me like really, really deeply, I think. And they're just the best movies I've ever seen. Yeah. Nine is, would be just a notch below yeah. that. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, I'm giving it a nine, but so that's what we think. That's what other fans think. We, we really loved it. Fans obviously really loved it, but I think what we love to really talk about is what the professionals think. Hate, 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 double hate, lose entirely. I like you a lot. All right, man. So we'll start with the worst review. As always, try to end on a positive note. So we'll go to yep. the best review after this. Uh, so this is from The Rap. Do you remember? I feel like we've had The Rap. We definitely have had The Rap before. W-R-A-P or R-A-P? Yeah. Yep, W-R-A-P. Oh, that makes sense. The Rap. Um, as in a rap battle with Buddy the Elf. Yes. Um, so it's what this is what they say. So actually, this is interesting because you had said, you had just said something about how... Um, it's one that was up for an award, but it's not the type that's like artsy and that's why it's up for like, it really right. legitimately deserved the consideration. Yeah. So the rap disagrees with you. Right. Um, they say it's the kind of movie that wouldn't exist without awards and makes a compelling argument for phasing award ceremonies out altogether. It's made for awards specifically like that. I, I just don't, I don't get what component of this movie says I'm pandering to like, well, I think there's something to be said for, I think there is something about how I, right, so like moonlight, right? Yeah. So like, obviously like, so there's a lot of things in that movie that tie think, back to where we are current, currently like, yeah, in, in the world. And yeah. Yeah. But do you think this one does that? Um, I don't like, I don't I'm just trying like, to be, I'm just trying to be like fair. Yeah. Cause I think, yeah, me too. I don't, I don't think that, but I do understand what they're saying. Cause you have like, you know, it's not, you don't have a, a, a white lead character. You don't have a movie set in America at all. It's in this. It's in Australia and it's in India, and it deals with, you know, kind of inference towards sex slavery and, um, you know, the dirty side of adoption agencies. And right. um, I don't know. I just. But I think I mean one. It's a look. I'm not agreeing yeah. with the rap. No, no, no. I, I can understand. just see where they're coming from. I but see I hardly see where they're coming i'm uh, yeah. squinting and i can kind of see something in the i distance. can see what they're trying to say and i think like if you're gonna say for moonlight like i'd be like okay like i think it's unfair but whatever but in this case i'd be like i don't even think it's unfair i just don't I it think doesn't you, apply i think yeah. i don't think that it apply. i don't think that uh, like yeah. homeless children in india isn't like something widely you know discussed right now in the news or so yeah like i i do get how all of those things someone can be like oh you're just pandering to get like this type of critical acclaim. 
But in this particular case, I'd be like, I don't think I agree with you. So the best review comes from Screen International, and it says, If Saru's story seems out of this world, uh, the team behind this film have risen to meet the challenge it sets. There may be a sense of inevitability about Saru's ultimate destination, but what counts here is the journey. Yeah, 100%. I I think that's fantastic, because we're not going to spoil anything here at all, but... I would encourage you to go in without knowing without it, knowing it, the story. Sure, it's based on a true story, yep. but don't bother like going to try and figure out the story. Just let let the yeah. movie happen. And I think what this is saying is like even someone who knows the story, there's an ending that's been determined before this movie was created. Right, the story had already happened. Right, and what they're saying is, despite that, the destination or the journey. I'm sorry, the journey over the yeah. destination is is what makes this movie so great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like that journey is one that's really easy to track with. Um, or is is really fascinating to track with, I guess would be a better way of saying it. So we've heard uh, what the fans think. We've given what we think. We just mm-hmm. heard two reviews. Yep. What are, what's the overall critics rating from so, Rotten Tomatoes? Yeah, the overall Rotten Tomatoes score is an 86%. So again, for anybody who's new to Rotten Tomatoes, what that means is that of all critics who reviewed the movie, 86% gave it a positive score. But I think anytime you're kind of over that maybe 75% threshold, you're you're talking about a movie that had, you know, significant uh, critical acclaim. Yeah. And on that note, I mean, I think if someone's listening, they're like, well, obviously it was up for best picture. Right. But yeah. I think for this show, for this podcast, we try to find movies that are worth your movie night. Basically when Roddy and I talk about the show, it's more of like, well, what would we recommend to our closest friends? Right. And what we're trying to do is, is kind of spread that. Right. And so I think there's something to be said where if you have a bunch of obvious movies, like even, even the best picture nominees. Yeah. Those are ones that everyone would be like, okay, well, I, I've heard right. of this. I know that it's probably really good, yep. but I don't have time to watch yep. all six or all seven that were, yep. right? And you can go back and listen to our Crash Course episode if you want yeah, about yeah. all of them. But, you know, as we move forward, there's they're not always going to be like the random Netflix finds. I think there's there's value in us telling you movies that are in theaters currently or ones yep. that were like big, yeah. you know, highly popular that yep. are now coming out on Redbox like this one. And for us to say, yeah, you know, this one is well worth your time. Like you're not going to be disappointed at all. I agree with you, Chester. There's an old saying in Tennessee. I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee that says fool me once. Shame on, shame on you. If fool me, we can't get fooled again. So one of the fun ways we try to do exactly that of trying to save you time and, and find a movie to watch for you is to tell you the ones that you really should avoid. Like don't be fooled uh, once or twice by some of these that we're looking at. So the criteria for this segment are Netflix movies that are being like heavily, heavily promoted or movies that we find Rodney and I will find on, you know, Google list. We'll Google like best, best movies on Netflix right now, or best movies on Amazon or best movies on HBO. And, and, and when we see these lists and we see what you guys might be Googling and we find ones that suck, Mm-hmm. We go out of our way to try to tell you, hey, yeah. steer clear. Or in other cases, we'll take a really obvious one like like Baywatch and slam on it just for the fun of it, right? Now, you say obvious. You say that because like, if because someone was going to watch it, they were already going to go watch it, right? Because I feel like... And if they weren't going to watch it, they were already not going to watch once, it. Shame on you, right? For this one to be in that category... um, like if I went to the movie theaters and it was not attractive people playing all of the things, I'd be like, ah, you got me. All right. So let me tell you my experience. Beyond that, I feel like you got what you paid for. So there's something about, first of all, 
when a movie first comes out, usually that's the highest the IMDb score will ever be for it, usually, because it's within the first opening weekend, there's not a lot of people who have seen it, perhaps, and those who went and saw it opening weekend maybe were more excited than anyone and Mm -hmm. therefore gave it a higher rating. Right away, Baywatch had a five on IMDb. So okay. like even the people who were who are like yeah I'm gonna go see it because there's attractive people in it I think it'll be funny and The Rock is funny and Zac Efron's funny like it'll be a good even those people said meh five five I don't doubt it um I guess all I'm saying is like if I were to go see it Chet it wouldn't be because I thought I think he's wrong I think I might enjoy it I would say yeah I think it's that I'm valuing what the movie marketed. Market yeah, but don't you think that Market the people who have given it a 5.6 on IMDb might agree with you? Like, that's why they went to go see yeah, it. Yeah, but I think in their, heart, in their heart, it might still be a 10, but in their brain. No, it, we're spending too much time on this. Yeah. Don't see Baywatch. Don't see it. Unless, don't do it. No, even that motivation, like the motivation that Rodney is like right now just has this huge I'm like smile on his clear. face. D- Listen, I get it. Like, I get why what Baywatch, like how Baywatch is marketed. Yeah. Even with that motivation, there are other things you can do. Like, don't go watch. Don't spend the money to then go see Baywatch. Like, do something else. One says 10. The other says zero. You end up at a five, which is what that is. It's a five. No. That's not (laughs) not how that works. That's not how that works. I love lamp. Do you really love the lamp, or are you just saying it because you saw it? I love lamp. I love lamps. Let's move on to the let's move on to something more productive, Chet, which is yes, our topic for tonight, um, which I'm I'm pretty excited to talk about because I think it's a good one. Um, so that is movies where there is a younger and older version of the same character, so two actors or more playing the same the same character. Uh, we had a few different listener interactions, um, but Rodney, why don't you lead us off? What is your favorite example of this type of movie? Hmm. Or as as Brick would say, which do you love? Which do you love? We're just connecting. We're just we like to connect those people who might be like, wait, what did that have to do? I with think this? we just want to throw Anchorman quotes. Yeah, maybe. In. Yeah. Um, boy, I uh, I'm I was split between a couple, um, but I feel like maybe because there's multiple sets. I feel like the notebook is a really good example. And I know we've had, you know, at least one person weigh in and say that as well, but that was the one that comes to mind for me because there's kind of a slow lead into it. So it's almost two simultaneous stories where you don't necessarily know that kind of the, you know, the main couple that is being portrayed throughout the movie is then also like the story that's being told by this older couple. Yeah. I think in this one, what it was is that the story of, you know, the older couple becomes far more significant once the whole story has been told. Yes. Because you have then fallen in love with this love story. Yeah. Um, so to me, I think that's probably one of my favorites is that they use that tactic in a movie um, to make a much more moving movie. Yeah, for sure. I mean, some of the ones that, uh, you know, we can talk about Terminator 2, um, Forrest Gump is a great one. But then you have examples like this that I don't think necessarily fit into this topic, which is like Titanic or Stand By Me or even The Sandlot, where you have like a narrator talking back upon like the young, you know what I mean? Like, I yeah, don't think the, that's exactly the same to me. The same. So let's get to what the listeners had to say. 
and then I'll share what my favorite was. Um, so Paul from Atlanta, who is also a part of the CNC Geek Cast, um, says Looper, and Looper was the one. Honestly, when when we were thinking about this topic, it was because I wanted to talk about Looper. Yeah, that it, one yeah. is great. It jump it jumped to mind right away for me too because Looper was a movie you had recommended to me, and when you recommended it, you had talked about how well Joseph Gordon-Levitt does Bruce Willis. Or yeah, Bruce that's Willis what's great about him, it because you know? Bruce Willis and, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt play the same character, Bruce Willis from the future. So Joseph Gordon-Levitt in this had to play a character, but also, if you notice, he really does a good job of kind of the nuances of, mm-hmm. of Bruce Willis. Like he kind of like portrayed Bruce Willis portraying a character. Yeah. Like it was really interesting how it was done. Do you think that Joseph Gordon-Levitt wasn't upset that Bruce Willis didn't decide to take on any of his emotions or is that like a seniority thing <laughs> i don't even know if that makes sense do you know what story I mean? story story wise well you know i'm just saying like you know shouldn't they like meet somewhere in the middle <laughs> like hey bruce you know i always have this kind of quirk that i can't help where my eye twitches you want to just throw that and he'd be like no kid get out of here kid you do what i do after you've seen what i've seen save the world Stop. What do you mean save the world? What, you never see Armageddon? You never seen Die Hard? That was a movie, Bruce. One through seven. Um, that was a really good impression by us, I think. Yeah, I think everyone can tell exactly when we're doing Joseph Gordon-Levitt and exactly <laughs> when we're doing Bruce Willis. Our own voices. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Darren generally, former guest of the podcast, he, he chimed in with about 15 answers. Yeah, right away. I loved it. So I'm going to pick one of his. Um, it was distracting because he was doing it as I was trying to watch Lion. And then I was like, Chet, I got to like put my phone away. I just I, threw it. Just chuck it. it was that's what I do. You c- now commitment to me. the episode. Yeah, you just chuck the, you got to chuck the phone every once in a while. Yeah. Seen you do it twice tonight. Yeah. Yeah. What do you do? That's what you got to do. So Darren said uh, one of his many contributions was uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. So you do have some parts of that movie that show young Indiana Jones. Yeah. Which actually then yeah, they created a series before, yeah. about, like, I think, a, I want to yeah. say there was like a cartoon TV yeah, series, but there's yeah. definitely a book series where yeah, I think it was came after that movie. But yeah, wasn't um, it called like Young? Uh, probably. Young Indiana Jones. Young probably. Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like it might, might be what they called it. Uh, so the one that I, I think, I mean, Forrest Gump's a great one. Looper, of course. But one that I think deserves uh, mentioning is... Um, one of the more recent X-Men movies. Now, I understand that the X-Men movies are nothing fantastic, but I think they're fun. They're not my favorite. Superhero but movies, they're my favorite. Like, <laughs> meaning, like, uh, in the realm of, like, you know, Avengers and all that, like, obviously take out Batman. You prefer You prefer X-Men? I prefer X-Men to Avengers, for sure. So, X-Men, Days of Future Past. And the reason I like that is because you had the, kind of like the older X-Men movies from the early 2000s, and then the newer ones they've been doing, which are prequels to those. But in this movie... There was the whole time travel element. So you had, uh, like, for instance, Michael Fassbender and Ian McKellen, who both play Magneto. You had James McAvoy, who played Professor X, and Patrick Stewart, who played Professor X, meeting each other. I just thought it was really well done. Um, And, you know, whatever. It's like some people don't like those movies, but I think in this topic, it's a good example. Because you have, in this case, multiple characters meeting their their younger selves. Yeah, that was a a superhero movie we went and saw in theaters, too. I really enjoyed it. What do you think? You're going to be excited to see Wonder Woman? Um, not likely. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Is it Alexandra Daddario playing her? Mm, unless they change between now and Friday when it comes out, probably not. So, in the event that you're hearing uh, 
music now instead of I'm trying to do the thing that you usually do, Chet. Yeah. Um, you mean be prepared? No, no, no. Not be prepared. Uh, you know, just uh, do the, the, the uh, you know, annoying transitions. Yeah. You know, like if... I, you know, I'm too, kind of like too big of a star to do the annoying trick. That's true. You know why, I mean? why get your hands dirty? So I'll yeah. take it. If you hear music now, <laughs> we're not actually signing off. This is just a part of the episode where we say we're going to talk about our favorite, uh, our, I'm sorry, our favorite scenes from yes. Lion. And because that can be spoily. I don't like that you always I know, say spoily. I love it. Love it. Why? Um, it's not a word. We're giving you a fair warning. But also, we also want to bring your attention to our website, downthehallpodcast.com that Rodney created. Um, and he did a fantastic job Uh, and one of the great features of that is you can do exactly as movie rob did which is to scroll down and recommend a movie for us that you think is worth people's movie night we'll watch it and if we agree with you we'll do an episode on it and we'll give you the credit and uh chet for our listeners this is also when we usually like to say hey don't forget to uh check us out on the show checked out in jersey uh which you can catch mondays live at 8 p.m eastern time uh, or on their podcast, which so that those, those live episodes are also turned into a podcast, uh, which are typically available the next day or two after after the show. So, yeah, and it's fun because we get to jump on and give them our movie of the week and defend our pick from the week before. Although most times they they find them to be great picks, and then tell them what the next one is. But we're also doing a combined contest with them, which you've heard us talk about the last few weeks. And now I've heard some of you say that it's a really fun contest, sound, fun sounding contest, but that for you, it's going to be hard for you to get to Jersey. So the whole thing is that if you win the contest, you get to meet up with us when we go visit them in New Jersey and sit in during uh, their, sit in their studio during when we record our show and their show there, as well as doing a brewery tour earlier in that day. Now that sounds like a fun thing, but a lot of people are saying we can't make it. We'd be in Virginia. We'd be in Atlanta, like wherever these people are coming from. So what we have to say today is that there is that physical prize as well. And in this case, the physical prize is the big box of magic. Big old box of magic. That's right. Now, at first when I heard this thing, I got to be honest. I'm, I'm just being honest. I had no idea what it was. I thought that sounds kind of dumb. Uh, Rodney did too because it was the first time we're talking about it where he's not laughing. Yeah, that's true. Because this uh, week we learned a little bit more about it. Yeah, no, it is cool. It's a it's a really cool idea. I think it's a it's one of those great um, items that I think, especially for you know uh, kids with fathers. I was going to say with fathers <laughs> with kids, um, that it's a, a pretty cool way for them to interact with them. I think that's what it's designed for. Right. Uh, for them to kind of learn different magic tricks that they can uh, you know be taught relatively easily, but kind of impress their their kids with it. So this is put out by the same people who had cards against humanity become famous yeah it's like the same people that did that are doing this this thing called the big box of magic where you know like rodney said it has all these different like tricks in there and magic tricks and uh dvd explaining how to do all of them so it's it's meant to be for dads um and with father's day coming up it's a great gift i think for fathers and i we have a lot of friends who have younger kids that i think would find this to be yeah a lot of fun but so that is the the prize so that is the physical prize that if you win this contest and all you have to do to win the contest is start contributing to the question of the week which we're about to read um they have one that we read on our show um and we give them to one to read on their show and you just email your answer to down in jersey contest at gmail.com and you are automatically entered to win this prize down in jersey that's a combination of down the hall checked out in jersey down in 
jersey. It's pretty snappy of you there, Rodney. Um, also, if you are interested in getting the Big Box of Magic, you can go to bigboxofmagic.com, and we have a promo code that we have been given to give to you. It's exclusive to our listeners and Checked Out in Jersey listeners. All no right. one else can have this promo code. It's a 10% off discount. If you enter promo code box for the number four dad so box for dad at bigboxofmagic.com um and you'll get 10 percent off so are you ready for the we don't qu- even get any cut of that no nothing i don't do you yeah i might okay you ready for the question of the week deal ready for the question of the week oh boy all right it's a would you rather oh, okay uh so matt says would you rather have lemon juice poured into a paper cut Okay. Or be painful. Or jump off the Empire State Building and land on a bicycle with its seat missing. He said it's a tougher question than it seems because the chances of when you jump off the Empire State Building, you're probably going to die on your way down and never feel the pain of impact. Uh-huh. The lemon juice you'll feel. But my follow-up question is: so you'd rather die, die. than have lemon juice? In your paper cut. And that was his defending. I was hoping that he had I didn't more ask to that it. follow-up question. So I, didn't text I guess him back. it's pretty easy for me to say lemon juice in a paper cut. I feel like it probably has happened to me. I think there's only one way to know for sure for you. I think like after this, what we'll do, oh, actually, as we're recording, even if you want, we can give you a paper cut real quick. I have a lemon up there. We can cut it up. I would do it. Okay. For the sake of the show. For the sake of the show. Like whatever, if if our show morphed into just like us hurting each other, like, like the show it, Jackass on it'll, TV. It'll eventually become that, I think. Yeah. For Listen, whatever it takes for listeners. Now here's a, here's a would you rather. Yeah. Would you rather our show become like us hurting each other like like Jackass or us like having to do weird like food challenges like like uh, Good Mythical Morning? It's like eating like gro- like like pig scrotum. Like that's one of the things that they do or like... You know what I mean? Like um, that, would you rather that or like me get to hit you in the face with like a trash can while unici- <laughs> unicycling on a bridge? Uh, I feel like the I feel like the physical damage done by the actual like the jackass ones like they're actually dangerous. So, yeah. You think? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think uh, like one, it'd be like Chad. I can't even unicycle, so I would be falling off the unicycle as you smash me in the head with a trash can <laughs> off a bridge, like. I always, every time I've seen a jackass stunt, I've always thought like, this is like seven layers too much, you know? It's like, hey, we're gonna put you in a porta potty, launch it into space, <laughs> and watch you then land on spikes. You know, I'm like, why does there need to be spikes? I told you not to give details. Yeah, well, you're the one who gave me the details. So this is one with like, in terms of details. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to spoil. Yeah. In this one, so yeah. we didn't, we tried not to give any details that would have would have ruined someone's movie watching experience. But at this point, if you're still listening, you've either already seen the movie, yeah, or as a lot of our listeners do, you you kind of paused the episode and came back, yeah, or you don't care about spoilers, right? So, See, what was your favorite scene? So, my favorite scene has to be the moment where he goes off script a little bit in his search, right? So he has this kind of like really well constructed radius in this map and he's got these like points of like a train path that he's like looking into each one zooming in to see if he can recognize the area around it um and so kind of that moment of revelation is almost like he's just goes off script a little bit i think i love the idea of like i used to do this all the time on google maps too so like i was probably a sucker like the second that it was like or not google maps but google earth in particular because you could also do like a flight simulator and remember like just like 
you know, it's kind of crazy to think of like the technology that is available for absolutely free. Um, and I remember doing like well, free if you log into the neighbor's Wi-Fi. It's, yeah, exactly. You're saying I have to pay for the internet. Yeah, I just charge you for the internet. You didn't realize? <laughs> no, didn't pay a dime. Didn't know. Uh, <laughs> so I, uh, but the idea of like just an individual becoming so determined to find it, and then also just trying to think through that exercise. Yep. Um, and just that feeling of when he sees it and starts to connect it and starts to really think like, I think this is it. Mm-hmm. I think that to me was a really cool, like just emotionally I was so invested. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think sometimes it's easy to overcomplicate things and not, and not pick the the best scene of the movie just because it's the last scene of the movie and seems obvious. But this one was so good because he has the reunion with his mother. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because the way they did it the whole time, you kind of know that that's how it's going to end up. Yeah. But then even when he goes at first, you, you know, at first you're like, there's sort of the anticlimactic moment where he goes to his old house, like where he had lived and it's just not like no one's living in it anymore. There's a barn. Um, so then, but then it kind of, the excitement builds again because then he, he meets someone who can introduce him to his mother. Right. Cause he stops and speaking then, the language. Exactly. You know, so, I think it's important to say. Of course. Right. And then you have the moment where he's walking towards his mother and she's walking towards him and man, everything, all the emotions from the whole thing. He'd been carrying the, the guilt of that he had laid on himself from having been right. separated and, just what drove him to want to find right. the family. And you can only imagine what she'd been feeling that whole time. And it all just pours out in right. that moment. And it's great. And they even show uh, after the movie's over um, the actual footage of when he comes back later, yeah, like right. the following year with his right. adopted mother. Right. And that scene is powerful too. And yeah. it's like the real footage is beautiful. love that about real movies, to be honest. I love when... You know, speaking of like seeing actors portray, I love like the moment of when then a movie stops being a movie and they like end a movie. To me, that's like a perfect ending. It shows like, shows the, the real story. Yeah, stuff, yeah, you then see the real stuff and you go like, at that point, you've already adopted all of these emotions for the whole story, but then you actually get to see the real people in the real situation and you go like, oh wow, like it's real. Um, you just said I, adopted emotions. Yeah, see that? Pretty good. Um, And it wasn't on purpose. If it was, I would have said it and Freudian smiled slip. at you. Um, and winked. Yeah. <laughs> Dual pistol that, hands. And I probably would have ended with a, did you catch that? <laughs> but I guess maybe this would be the appropriate time to also say that there are points where I was just going through stills of Baywatch. While, IMDb, while I was talking? IMDb stills, yeah. Wait, during the episode? Yeah, just to get a feel for the movie. <laughs> You just wanted to see what it was all about. Yeah, I, just, I think I've got it. You were, I've seen it. You were sure you have seen it. You, if you just scroll through IMDb, you've seen the, it. The pictures. I saw the pictures and I said, "Yeah, get you got, it. You got all you need." I'm just oh, saying man. that the stills, like the stills, of watching the movie, roughly the same thing. That's why people went to go see it. I know why people went to go see it, and I'm telling you and our listeners that they shouldn't be included in that, <laughs> and you shouldn't be included in that. I've already seen it now on the stills. That's all I needed to see. That's it. That's, what, are we, what more do you want from me? So isn't that the point? Like, don't waste your time. Don't go see the movie. Yeah, unless you felt like you needed to see more than the stills. <laughs> In which case, go see the movie.